Well, as I mentioned before, we're in the middle of a series that we've chosen to call Identity Theft. And, and what we've done is, over the course of the last few weeks, start to address some lies that, uh, whether it's from the enemy himself or insecurities that creep up in us or things that people have told us over the years, that lies that we begin to believe about ourselves. And we take on these false identities that are contrary to what God says about us. And, and uh, as we've gotten into it, we've started to hit some of the specific ones. I know Joe talked about how we feel like we have to be strong, and, and, and we continued into different things last week. But uh, the one this week is, is in many ways a lie that's at the root of many other lies. It's, it's in some ways at the heart of some of our insecurities. And, and the lie today is a tough one because it can kind of sneak up on you in, in, in ways that you might not recognize. I know for me, um, if you guys have ever gotten into like personality profiles and things like that, Pretty much anyone I've ever taken, any, any mentorship I've ever received, the phrases uh, loyal and uh, a, a sense of uh, personal responsibility are always phrases that are a part of my personality profile. And there's, there's worse things to be called, right? There's worse things to be called than loyal and responsible. But for every positive when it comes to personality stuff, usually there's kind of a dark side, right? There's a shadow side of your personality. So for, for my loyalty and sense of responsibility... The downside of that is I find myself uh, a little bit uh, afraid of letting people down. Right? I, 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 I get a little bit nervous anytime I think that there's a chance that someone might see me as incapable or, or uh, that I might be a disappointment to them. So when it comes to decisions, a lot of times, even if it's just a simple A or B, I think, man, what if I go A and it was supposed to be B? What if I go B and it was supposed to be A and they're going to be like, I can't, why would he go with option B? That's so ridiculous, right? So that's, these things roll through my mind. Even going back to our first winter as a church, you come up on one of those inevitable Sundays, right? Where it's, there's a big snow in the forecast, there's going to be ice, but it's not like 100%. It's kind of one of those 50, 60%. And what's it going to do coming over the lake? And so I remember sitting there on Saturday night going, oh my goodness, what if we cancel church and it's really not that bad? They're going to think I'm a sissy, right? They're like, like, Justin's afraid of the snow. But what if I don't cancel and there's an ice storm? Oh my goodness, Justin killed someone because he made them drive to church on a Sunday morning. So there's all these things. It's like you find yourself taking decisions and making them far bigger than they really are. Because why? Because I'm responsible. I'm a good decision maker, right? I can't let people down. And this, it starts to creep in. And, and the problem is when, when that's your mindset, when that's your fear, all of a sudden you think, man, I'm... Maybe I'm just not good enough, right? Maybe I'm not good enough for the things I'm responsible for. Maybe I'm not good enough for what Kathy needs me to be, for what the kids need me to be. Maybe I'm not good enough to support our staff here and what we're trying to build that field. So maybe I'm not good enough to lead us in the right direction, in a healthy direction. Maybe I'm not good enough to meet the expectations of our friends or of our neighbors or, or people who hold me accountable. Now, here's the thing. These are all self-imposed things. This isn't coming from the outside. This is all from the inside. And when you have that mindset, when you have that fear, what happens is you end up giving away your identity. You give away authority in your life. You give up power over your present and your future. And you give that to people who don't deserve it. You give that to people who never really asked for it in the first place. And I, in the past, have gotten to the points where I'm thinking, i I got to say yes to everything because... If they don't think I can handle this, they're not going to give me future opportunities. i got to be ready for every email. i got to respond to every text message right away because if I can't be reliable in this moment, how, are, how am I going to prove that I can be reliable with bigger things and eventually end up tired for sure, worn out, and maybe even burned out? And you start feeling like, well, if I was good enough, I'd be able to handle all this. I'd be able to handle the pace. I'd be able to handle the pressure. I'd be able to handle these decisions that are, that are in front of me without flinching. And so if I can't handle that... Maybe I'm not good enough. 
And that becomes the lie that seeps in, and that becomes a false identity that we take on ourselves. Maybe some of you guys have been there with that thought in different parts of your lives. Maybe, I'm just not a good enough mom. Just not cutting it as a dad. I'll never be a good enough wife to him. I'll never be a good enough husband to her. I'm, I'm putting my best into this opportunity. I'm putting my best into this career. I'm putting my best into this relationship. I'm giving everything I can to this opportunity. Maybe my best isn't good enough. And then you take those thoughts and you bring in memories from your past, maybe experiences that you have, maybe things that people have said to you, and these things start screaming from your past, from deep down within you. Remember that time you got cut from the team. Maybe you made the team, but you just didn't get much playing time, or maybe you were getting opportunities, and when the big moment came, you blew it. Maybe you're the person who struggled on all your big tests. Maybe you didn't get into that one college. Maybe you didn't qualify for that job or that promotion. Maybe you didn't get approved for that raise. Maybe you didn't get that house. Maybe you never fell in love. Maybe you couldn't get pregnant. Maybe you couldn't provide for your family to the degree that you always wanted to. Or, or somewhere along the way, maybe someone planted a seed in your mind that sticks with you, right? Maybe someone said, you have a great personality. I'm just not as attracted to your ministry personality. True story. Right? Who says that to a pastor? How, that, how is that even a possible? Like, how would you expect someone to be different in ministry than they are in everyday life? And we move on thinking, gosh, maybe I'm just not good enough. It's not true. But remember what we've been saying throughout this series. A lie believed as truth will have the same impact on your life as if it were true. Because we start to build our life around it. We make decisions based on it. We prioritize based on that lie. And so this lie today, I'm not good enough. I want to address that. I want to look at one of the more reluctant heroes that we find in Scripture, very famous but certainly reluctant, a guy named Moses. And if you, if you have heard the name Moses, you hear it in the, the story of the Red Sea, right, the burning bush, which is where we're going to go today. But at this point in Moses' life, in the story, we, we've seen that he was born in Egypt to a Jewish slave. Then he was adopted and raised by an Egyptian princess. And then as he got older, he had a situation where he killed a man and was exiled away from Egypt, and now he's living as a shepherd in a foreign country. And so we find Moses in Exodus 4 talking to a burning bush. But this isn't just a bush on fire. This is a bush that is on fire but not being consumed by the fire because the presence of God is what's lighting it up, right? And so God is speaking out of the bush, and Moses has his first interaction with the living God face to face. It's miraculous. It's mysterious. And God is saying, hey, I, I have seen what's happening in Egypt. I've heard the cries of my people, and I want you to go back and lead them out. And he says, I'll be with you. But Moses is hesitant at first, right? He, he's having his first encounter with God. I'm sure it's overwhelming. But God wants to give him some confidence. So God says, hey, take, take your shepherd's staff and throw it on the ground. And he turns that long stick into a snake and then he turns it back again. And he says, put your hand in your coat. And he does. And it comes out leprous. And then he puts it back in and it comes out clean. And God says, if, if that's not enough to prove to you, if that's not enough to prove to Pharaoh, then I've got other stuff. I'm going to have you draw water out of the Nile, clean and fresh. And when you pour it out of the jug, it's going to be blood. And I'm sure he ran them through the other things, right? I got locusts ready. I got frogs ready. I got some hail ready. All this different stuff. I got a real big one I'm not going to tell you about yet, right? And so, so God's kind of laying out all these options. And in this moment, we discover that Moses believes some things as truth that maybe aren't really true. 
And because of that, we find that Moses incorrectly defines his worth, incorrectly defines his identity, incorrectly defines reality in a couple ways. So real quick, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. We jump in on this interaction between Moses and God. It says, Moses says to the Lord, and this is in, this is in response to the staff thing and the leprosy thing. This is in response to all that God is saying and all that he has planned for him. He says, pardon your servant, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So in response to the miracles, in response to this call, Moses says, nah, I'm not good with words, God. This, this thing that you're calling me to seems like there's a decent amount of public speaking involved and there's some influential people involved. You know how I get, right? I get nervous. I get dry mouth. I stutter. I stumble. I lose my train of thought. God, you know me. I'm the guy who always thinks of the exact right thing to say 30 minutes after the conversation is over, right? Some of you are that person, and, and it's always funny to talk about later, right? So, so basically he's saying, okay, God, I believe you are capable of what you're describing. But God, I am not capable of what you're describing. Now, why would Moses have this mindset? I, I think there's a couple ways where he incorrectly defines himself and his, uh, his worth. And the, the first one's a little bit less obvious. The second one, I think, is more there. But I, I think in some ways, Moses was saying, my worth, my identity are based on what people say about me. Now, this isn't in the scripture, but we've all grown up in a world where we, we know how things go in your friend group. We know how things go with siblings when you have a speech thing, right? People are mean. We tease. We joke. We get sarcastic, right? And so the joke, man, you, we, we've heard, the, dude, you, you suck. Dude, you're, you're, you're not the brightest bulb in the box, right? These, these different things, they get thrown out, and it's different in every generation. Or, or maybe parents even flippantly said, man, I just wish sometimes you were more like your brother. Or maybe we get siblings, and this is a little bit ironic for Moses because he was adopted, but we get the siblings joking, I swear you're adopted, man. You're just not like the rest of us, right? And, and things like that. Or we tell ourselves, well, based on what people have told me, I'm just not good enough. Because we hear things. People speak those into our lives. And so based on what people say, this must be what I'm worth. This must be who I am. And then the other way, in addition to that, I think Moses was probably in some ways saying, my worth, my identity are based on past experiences. And certainly moments specific to Moses, but in our lives, right? Maybe things like, hey, your family tree never really amounted to anything, and that's your fate as well. I've always been kind of average, average grades, average at sports, average coming from an average family. I guess I'm just destined to be average. Or, or maybe for some of you, you dreamed of a great marriage and did everything that you could, but for various circumstances, you find yourself divorced and you feel like there's a scarlet D tattooed on your forehead for the rest of your life. And you think, I'm a failure. Wasn't good at being married, wasn't a good enough Christian, wasn't good enough to him, wasn't good enough to her. And this is where I find myself. Or maybe someone in, somewhere in your past, someone took advantage of you. Maybe you experienced abuse of some kind. You experienced physical hurt, emotional hurt, spiritual hurt. And as we know, in so many cases, it's the victims who walk away feeling like they did something wrong. They walk away with shame. They walk away with guilt. They walk away with fear. 
thinking, I wasn't good enough to fight it. I wasn't good enough to say no. I wasn't good enough to walk away. I wasn't good enough to go get help. I wasn't good enough then. I'm not good enough now. I am what people say about me. I am what my past experiences have dictated about me. And so now back to Moses. And, and like I said, that some of these things are specific to us. There are things that were specific, specific to him that are running through his heart and mind, all based on his past experiences, all based on his relationships. And So let's see what he does. It's something that we often do, even in the face of truth from God himself. So let's continue on. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or make them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. But Moses says, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Doesn't it happen so often that the lie in our head, the lie in our heart, yells louder than the truth from God himself? You would think that Moses would get it, right? He's got, he's got issues. He's skeptical. Right? I don't speak good. This has been true my whole life. It hasn't changed in the moments that I've been standing here before you in the burning bush. But you'd think, you'd say, okay, okay, I don't speak well, but there's that staff into a snake thing. And he hand that turned leprosy thing and he's talking about the water turned into blood and some other things it seems reasonable that if God can do those miraculous things certainly he can use me in the way he wants me to use you he he can use me and do something miraculous with my public speaking but no Moses didn't go there he repeats the lie he embraces the false identity and it almost kept him from something miraculous because this is a lie I'm not good enough this is a lie that leads to sad and dangerous conclusions. We say, I'm not good enough, so I shouldn't go. I shouldn't be a part of this amazing thing. I'm not good enough, so I can't make a difference in anyone else's life. I'm not good enough, so why even try? I'm not good enough, so why bother to love? I'm not good enough, so I'm walking away. I'm not good enough, and even God isn't capable of doing things in me and for me and through me. And that lie, even though it's not true, impacts your life in devastating ways as much as if it were true. And so just like we talked about in recent weeks, we have to combat that truth with the truest truth, the truth that you are not what others have said about you. You are not the sum total of your past experiences. You are who God says you are. We have to confront that lie with the truth. We have to preach to ourselves, right? Like we talked about last week, we have to take those lies, take that negative false identity, take it captive and confront it with the truth of Scripture and say, no, no, in Christ, your old nature has died. You are a new creation. You have a new spirit placed inside of you. It doesn't mean that old memories are automatically wiped away and even some of the physical and emotional remnants are there. But when we believe what God says about us, we can do what he's called us to do. You are who God says you are. There's a couple other truths that I think specifically speak to this lie, that I'm, I'm just not good enough. So I want to hit you with those real quick this morning. First one is this, is that we might say I'm not good enough, but God says you are called by Christ. And that's a very big deal. 1 Peter 5.10 says that the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered for a little while, will, re will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. 
Do you know that you are so special that the Savior of the world, the Creator God, has you on His mind? You are worthy of his love. He cares for you. He came for you. He is calling you. And so if you are tired, he says, he'll give you rest. If you are thirsty or hungry for something more out of life, he says, he is the bread of life and the living water. He says, if you're lost and wandering, that he is the way. He's the one calling to say, I love you. I value you. Come follow me. You might think you're not good enough, but God says he specifically chose you and called you. God says you are called by Christ. Another thing that God says in response to this lie is that you are capable through Christ. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Instead of I'm not good enough, we can counter that with no, I'm fully capable in Christ. Guys, you know this. So many of the things that we try to accomplish in life, we do it in our own strength. And Joe addressed this one specifically a couple weeks ago where you think, I got to be strong. I got to be strong for my family. I got to be strong at work. I got to provide. I got to hide those emotions. I got to get through this season. Then I can figure things out, right? But no, it's, we only have the ability in Christ alone. And so, gentlemen, you cannot make her happy. You cannot complete her on your own. Those of you battling debt, you can't overcome those destructive habits that you have on your own. You have to move forward in Christ. You have to move forward God's way. Some of us have been praying for people that we love, desperate for them to come to know Christ, desperate for them to understand and experience the love of Jesus. And we've said all we know to say. We've done all we know to do. We've prayed everything we know how to pray. And we come to realize that we do not have the ability to reach them on our own. Some of you are trying to figure out life, trying to figure out your future, trying to figure out big decisions. Can I even do what it is that I'm hoping to do? And the answer is no, on your own. But through Christ, you can. 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5 say, such confidence that we have through Christ before God. Not that we are confident in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence comes from God. And so we are called by Christ, uniquely chosen by him, and we are capable through Christ. And the third truth is this. God says, not only are you called by Christ, not only are you capable in Christ, but you are complete in Christ. Colossians 2, Paul talks about this a little bit in verses 9 and 10. He says, for in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. That word fullness, in some of the, the translations, it actually says you have been made complete. And when you see that word complete throughout the New Testament, usually it's, referring, it's coming from a Greek word that refers to a ship. But not just any ship. It talks about a ship that is fully manned and fully stocked. Actually says liberally stocked. But it's not the political liberal, right? Some of you guys got triggered just because I said the word liberal, but it's going to be okay, right? Talking about something different here. A ship that is fully manned, fully stocked, a ship that has everything that's needed to get to its next destination. That is who we are in Christ. People's words do not complete you. Your past experiences don't bring you to a place of fullness. 
Jesus does. Believing that I'm not good enough, that is a classic case of stolen identity. But instead, I am called by Christ. I am capable in Christ. I am made complete in Christ. And that is where it all has to begin. It has to begin with that basic elemental truth of the gospel, right? This, this couple days that we spent with the guys with the, the men's getaway, um, had a chance to hear from some of the guys just sharing their testimony, a little bit of their faith story. And, and one of them, Eric, he's a member of our board talked about how over the course of his life, even though he's been walking with Jesus for a very long time, there are moments in his life when God had to bring him back to a place of brokenness, not to get saved again, right? His soul was secure, his sins were forgiven, but to bring him back to a place where he had to experience the gospel fresh again in his life to understand that the power of the cross, the power of Jesus in his life, wasn't just a momentary decision, right? In that moment, he got saved. In that moment, he was born again. In that moment, his eternity was secure, and yet God had some things he wanted to do in his life. But it wasn't a different list of stuff. It wasn't a different Savior for his marriage. It wasn't a different Savior for his workplace. It wasn't a different Savior for some of the things that God wanted to uproot in his life. It was the same Jesus. It was the same act on the cross that had to be applied to the different moments of his life. And I think sometimes we forget that even though we think, Jesus saved me, and now i got to figure it out. Jesus saved me in his strength and his power, and now i got to solve these other problems in my strength and my power. That's not how it works. It's in Christ that we are capable. It is in Christ that we are made complete. And so whether you're sitting here today and you've never made that decision, maybe you need to make this decision, right? I, I have been doing it on my own, my own strength. I've not been pursuing it. I, I need to surrender this morning to the gospel of Jesus Christ and recognize that he is God. He lived a perfect, sinless life and he died on that cross to forgive my sin and my brokenness and he rose again to give me an opportunity for an eternity with him. Maybe that's where you're at. But maybe many, many of you are where Eric said he was at and where I'm at and where many of us are at. And we've experienced this. We moved on without him. Or we left him behind somewhere along the way and decided he was good enough to get me here. He was good enough to turn my shepherd's staff into a snake. He was good enough to turn my hand leprous. He's good enough to change the river Nile into blood. But for this one, that's on me. This relationship is on me. This decision is on me. This struggle is on me. That's not how it works. We have to come back to the gospel and let that same Savior and that same sacrifice, that same grace pour over us for what we're walking through today in Christ. That's where it's found. That's where it's experienced at the beginning. That's where it's experienced at the end. That's where it's experienced everywhere in between. I pray that you'll experience that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We, we, we just recognize that whether it's Moses in his ancient context or our grandparents in their context or us in our context or our, for our children and our children's children in their future context, God, it has to come back to the truth of who we are in Christ, not by our own strength, not by our own understanding. We are not defined by what people have said or what we have experienced. We're defined by the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and what that means, not only at our point of salvation, but throughout our lives. May we pursue you. May we rest in you. May we find who we are 
and come to complete fullness in you in pursuit of everything that you have for us. Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon.